0: I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online church service. I'm so glad that you're here. I believe God is going to meet your every need and that He has a special word prepared for you today that will build your faith and strengthen your spirit. Please turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Let's look at two verses that I think are often misinterpreted. Verses 13 and 14. And off of these two verses, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. Listen to what Jesus said. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. I know what you're thinking. Pastor Stephen, yes, many will be lost Just a few will be saved. That's not what the Lord is talking about. He's not talking about only a few will gain eternal life, and most people are going to die in their sins and go to hell. That's not at all what he's talking about right here. You have to look at it very carefully. Verse 14 gives you the key, the one word, to interpret it accurately. Verse 14, because narrow is the gate. It's a very narrow gate to go through. And difficult is the way. That means most people don't want to go this path. Difficult is the way which leads to life. There's your key right there. Not eternal life. He's not talking about salvation, who makes heaven, and who's going to go to hell. He's not talking about that. He's talking about life. And that in the Greek is the word zoe, spelt Z-O-E. And it literally means the God quality of living. And Jesus said, There are few who find it. I have to be very direct and honest with you. There are few, even in the church, who find it. Did you catch that? There's few believers who catch this. I can prove it. Most Christians are not wealthy, they're not wealthy. But you have to understand that if you want the zoe quality of life to touch your finances, you have to get off that broad path, and you have to walk the narrow path. You must go through what Jesus said is the narrow gate. You begin this by going through the narrow gate. Now, in order to have financial life, the God quality of life in your finances, it begins by going through the gate of tithing. And that's why many Christians are on the broad path that leads to financial destruction, financial ruin, financial heartache, always coming up short, never having enough, or even if they do move into a place of enough, they never fulfill their destiny because you can only touch your destiny by going into what? The land of more than enough. So my friends, what you must do is come through the gate of tithing. Okay? And this is a narrow gate. It's a difficult path. Why is it difficult? Because it requires disciplined spending habits, disciplined obedience to the Word of God. You will become a tither. You will sow financial seed. You will learn to pay down your financial debts. You will learn to save money. You will learn to make wise financial decisions. When you do buy, you look for incentives. You look for sales. You look for good deals. You learn to negotiate. All of this is a narrow, narrow path that many people, including Christians, are not willing to walk on. So the flip side is they take the broad path. They go down the broad path, and it's frustrating in life. And all the credit cards are maxed out. And, uh, you know, there's always shortage. And then there's never enough to really get the things that you would like to move into. The the kind of quality of living that God has determined for you to have. Well, Pastor Stephen, I want to go into that land of more than enough. Then what you must do is enter through the narrow gate and stay on that thin, narrow path that will take you into Zoe life of living your financial life living the financial dream that God has already planned and mapped out for you if you walk that path. It begins by going through the gate, the narrow gate of tithing. You and I both know there's a lot of Christians that will even argue about tithing. They will not tithe. They are on the broad path, and it's frustrating. It's no fun. You are limited to only what you can do, and that's oftentimes very little, but you need God's help. You need God's help, and that way you can move into that place where even the Apostle Paul talked about the gift of giving. Oh, hallelujah. That's the narrow path. That's the, and you know it's narrow because not that many people have it. It is a wonderful gift that you can move into, of financial strength. Make that move today. Work the principles of God's Word. Get on the narrow path, and you will find true financial strength. Zoe life. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people. Let them walk that path and never deviate from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let's obey it by honoring the Lord through bringing in the tithes and offerings into the ministry storehouse. If you would like to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina, Our zip code, 28117. If you want to bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse online, visit our ministry website, www.stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can go there any time of the day or night and bring them in directly to the storehouse of God. Father, bless your people. Zoe Life, in their health, yes. Zoe life in their finances, yes, Father, let them walk your biblical principles and stay on the narrow financial path of true living in Jesus' name, amen, shout, amen, praise God. Today, take your Bibles and go with me to Ruth chapter 2, and I want you to look with me today into the life of a very special man his name is Boaz and there are five identifiable qualities of this man's life that I believe positioned him to stand in a place of great wealth and I believe that the testimony of Boaz can become your testimony men may God make you a Boaz women may God raise you up to be a financial champion as well Like Boaz, I want to ask your special attention as these verses will bring great instruction into your life. Ruth chapter 2 verse 1, Heavenly Father, let your word come alive by the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask in Jesus' great name, and we all say, Amen. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth. Would you like God to make you a person of great wealth? I believe God can do it. And it says he was of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. Why don't you just say that today? Say, Boaz. Boaz had a lot of money. Praise God. Glory to God. I believe God can make you a Boaz. Mm, say yes. Say yes. Now, the first quality that you can see... In the life of Boaz, concerning financial strength, it says he was a man of great wealth. By the way, Boaz, his name in Hebrew means strength and swiftness. May your finances be strong, and may you be able to move efficiently in the kingdom of God because of your great financial impact. Hallelujah. I believe God's going to do something to transform you into a person of great wealth. Look at verse 5. Then Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? He's inquiring about the lady, that the book is named after the lady named Ruth. But notice, my friends, Boaz has his own field. Boaz has his own servants. Boaz even has a a supervisor to oversee all of his workers. You have to understand that Boaz had his own business. Most, not all, but most wealthy people, they have their own business, and this is something that you need to consider, because Boaz was not an employee, but rather he was an employer. Even if you think, Pastor Stephen, I don't have the skill sets, I don't have the knowledge to go out and start my own business, you may not today But it could be something that you could start working at on the side. Maybe just you know, 10 hours a week, maybe just two hours a night. And it could be something that eventually turns into what could be a very promising financial future because you have identified something that people need and you're able to supply a product in a good way that services humanity and everybody prospers. They're happy because they've got your product and you're happy because you can sell it and make a good profit. My friends, it is good to start businesses. It is a God idea to start businesses. Boaz had his own business. And in many ways, for those of you that may be thinking about it, but you're not sure where to start, to be honest, it's not as complicated as it may seem. Really, it begins with a simple step. You go down to the county courthouse and you fill out the paperwork. You file for the fictitious business name, the, the fictitious business license. It's not, a, it's not a complicated form. It takes about 20 minutes to do it. You pay your fee, whether it's $150, whether it's $200. You turn it in, and now you are an official legal business entity that has been established. You can do trade. You can do commerce. And, my friends, you are up and running with your own business. You've got your own business name. And you've begun, praise the Lord. It's very, very exciting. Boaz had his own business. I was talking to a a gifted young man a few weeks back, and he had skills in electrical, skills in plumbing, skills in carpentry. And he was constantly doing handyman-type jobs. And I said, look, you've got the knowledge base Why don't you take the general contractor's license and if you pass that, instead of being the employee, you can become an employer because there are certain types of jobs that pay really well in the construction industry, but unless you're the general contractor, you can't get into the money. And he said, said, Pastor Stephen, he said, thank you. I've been thinking about it. I even believe I can pass the test. I've already studied for it. I said, well, why don't you do it? He goes, well, you know, the general contractor is the one that has the responsibility, the legality, if something goes wrong. I said, yes, you would be the person that's on the spot, but don't you understand that you're rewarded for that? You're the one that makes the big slice of the pie when the pie comes in. You get the big cut. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And so the gears began to turn, and he's getting prepared right now to take his general contractor's license. Look, it's wonderful to work for a good employee. It is a real blessing to be able to do that. But oftentimes, in some jobs, not all, but in some jobs, you'll hit a ceiling. You'll hit a financial roof. And if you stay at that job, you can literally get stuck in a dead-end job that will limit you. And so you need to think about your future. You have a right to prosper. You know, when you have your own business... You can work 60 hours a week. You can work 70 hours a week. But if you go to a a certain employer and say, you know what, I've enjoyed working 40 hours, but I've got more energy. I'd like to make some more money. I'd like to work 70. They might just say, no, you can't do that. We don't want to pay you overtime. And thus, you have limitations on how much you can work and when you can work and what your hours are. And they say, this is when you work and this and that and the other. But if God leads you to start your own business, can't you see that there's greater greater profit potential in that? So, five things, five characteristics of the great wealth that emanated from Boaz. Number one, he had his own business. And for some of you, You really need to pray about that. You may not think that you've got it on the inside of you, and I'm not saying leave your day job, but I am saying you need to pray about it and you need to think about it. There could be something that you could do on the side while you work your regular job that can supplement your income. The Apostle Paul made tents on the side. It supplemented the ministry income uh, when times when he was traveling and itinerating and perhaps ministering in very young churches that did not have the ability to support him. Praise God. I had a pastor friend once that only worked one day a week on a side job. He had his full-time pastoral job, but he would take one day a week when he was off from his pastoral duties. And on that one day, he made $1,500 in just one day. So in a month, only by working four days, he's making 6 thousand dollars. But look, you'll never step into stuff like that if you don't think that you can. You'll never step into things like that if you don't think, I wonder if there's something I could do where I could be a greater blessing in the kingdom of God. Okay, so just pray about it, pray about it, and perhaps God could speak to you and show you something that would work, tailor-fit, tailor-made just for you. Number two, concerning the great wealth the characteristic, the attribute in the life of Boaz of why I believe that God blessed him in such a wonderful way. Of course, number one, he had his own business. He stepped out in faith and created that and started that. Number two, he put spiritual things above natural things. He valued people more than he valued money. You'll find this in Ruth chapter 2, verse 4. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and said to the reapers, "The Lord be with you." And they answered him, "The Lord bless you." How about that for a boss? When your boss walks into the room, when your boss walks into the, uh, the 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 factory or the manufacturing plant, he walks in and greets all the workers and says, "The Lord bless you." Don't you know you'd like to work for a company like that? Woo hallelujah! And they love their employer so much that they would answer back, and they would reply, and they would say, the Lord bless you. Oh, hallelujah. There's a good working relationship going on there, but you, can ha- you can't have relationships like that unless you really love the people and care about the people. Praise God. All good companies, all good corporations, the leadership values the people because those people are causing that corporation to work and to function and to be uh, and to carry out the assignments of those who are getting insight of the direction of the company. And everybody has the ability through that to prosper. What a wonderful, what a wonderful thing when it can work together in such an absolutely beautiful way. You know, years back, it was probably about 25 years ago, I spoke at a meeting. And I I was preaching, and when I finished, there was a businessman on the front row. He came up to me, and he said, Brother Stephen, I really liked your message. It was very encouraging. I was preaching to college students, and he said, that was a really good message. And he said, he said, can I share with you how God has blessed my business? He said, I've got 39 full-time employees. I pay them a good hourly wage. I give them uh, good benefits, a a full benefit package. And he he said, Stephen, out of the 39 employees that work for me, he said, I have won every single one of them to the Lord except for one person. And I'm working on that person right now. I'm praying that God bring that person to the foot of the cross. He said, I love my employees so much that when I go home at night, I pray for them. I pray for their families. And their well-being is on my heart. Oh, praise God. That is a Boaz employer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, when you are in the position of leading where you are in the position of upper management or having your own business then you can exert in a gracious loving way the fragrance of Christ hallelujah you can demonstrate the character of Christ by the way you treat your employees oh hallelujah thank god for this amen so boaz would literally he would literally greet His workers by saying, the Lord be with you. He's blessing them. Wow, what a boss. Hallelujah. So he puts spiritual things above money, above earthly things. Isaiah one nineteen says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Well, I think there's some Christians, when they hear that verse, all they think about is the good of the land. That's the natural. That's, that's the money. That's the T-bone steak. That's the nice car. That's all the perks and, and, and the benefits. But it says if you're willing and obedient. So we need to be willing and obedient to always serve the Lord, always follow the Lord, and do what the Lord says with the good heart. And out of that comes the eating of the, the goodness of the land. Can you say yes? Praise the Lord today. Five characteristics, five gleanings from the life of Boaz, a man of great wealth, may they be yours as well. Number one, he had his own business. Number two, he put spiritual things above natural things. And number three, he was willing to walk away if necessary. This is very, very important, and I believe that As you grow with the Lord, as you grow in your career field, that you will have times that what I'm about to share with you will have to be put to the test. This is Ruth chapter 3, verse 12. And this is when the elders have been called together, and they are discussing inheritance. And in verse 12, it says... Now it is true that I am a close relative. This is Boaz speaking. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night, Boaz is speaking to Ruth, and he says, And in the morning it shall be that if he, that close relative, will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good. Let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives. Lie down until morning. Now, this is very, very powerful because what has been discovered is that there is someone in line before Boaz to receive the inheritance. And Boaz is going to have to trust God that this is going to work out. Ruth wants him to be the kinsman redeemer. He's all on board. He wants to be the one that can be the redeemer. But there's somebody in line before him. So what you have to realize is you must be willing to walk away from it if it's not right and if God's not in it and if it's not blessed by God, and if it violates biblical scriptures and biblical principles. Don't do something to someone else that's wrong, just so that you can get your own way. Be willing to walk away from what God blocks and what God lawfully denies. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And Boaz even said, he said, In the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. But if he does not, <laughs> i want to make it happen. Woo! But see, he was willing first to walk away. You have to do the right thing. You have to do the right thing. They may say, We're going to give you a promotion, but in order to do this, when we give the corporate stock report, we're going to need you to adjust the numbers a little bit. Oh, so you're saying I have to lie. Well, we're not really going to call it lying. We're just going to say that we need you to massage the numbers and give a report that will pump the stock up. Oh, no, I I can't do that. You have to be willing to walk away from it. Mmm. Pastor Stephen, I'd do anything to be rich. No. Don't ever fall into that. Don't ever fall into that. Boaz was a man who was willing to walk away from something if it violated biblical ethics and morals. Praise God. He's not going to step on his relative and say, well, let's let's just go behind his back. Let's go to the elders Let's bribe the elders. Let's give them some cash, and let's get this done. No, no. Do it the right way. Do it in the in way also that honors the laws of the land. Praise God. Sign what needs to be signed. You know, get it all legal. Get it done right. Hallelujah. That way you can enjoy your blessing for the long haul. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's a lot of funny money that floats around out there in the world. It's compromised money. It's, we'll give you this if you, do, if you do this for us. We know it's illegal, but we'll pay you, and we'll just give you cash. It doesn't have to be recorded. just between you and I. But it's not just between you and that person. It's between you and that person and God. And if you sell out, you sell out your destiny. And you shouldn't do it just for the fact that, oh, I might get caught. I don't want to do it because I don't want to go to prison. Well, that, that's, that's a good advantage to, for wanting to live right. That's a good motive for wanting to live right. But you should do it because you don't want to dishonor the Lord. You know, I think about the, the exposure of all this funny money getting passed around in the NCAA basketball community. And it happens in the football community. It happens in these areas where, uh, you know, advertisers, uh, whether it's uh, uh, shoe companies that want to get these young athletes into their own brand of of endorsement for their own shoe brand. And so the parents are given cash bribes, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and are told, this is hush money. Just take the money and make sure your, your son goes to this college. Mmm. Wow. Well, a lot of that has been exposed. And now you've got coaches that are going to go to a federal penitentiary for having done such things. My friends, we need to have ethics. We need to have lines that we're never willing to cross. And so, therefore, you have to be willing to walk away if the deal's not right in the eyes of God. And Boaz even said, hey, I want this to work out, but if your relative steps up, and it's his shot first, and he takes it, he says, good, let him do it. So, be willing to trust God. If God blocks it, if it doesn't work out, say, blessed be the name of the Lord. God must have something better for me. Woo! Woo! But as in this situation worked out, as we know, the the nearest relative passed on it. And he initially said, yes, I will redeem. When they called the town meeting and the elders were there, he said, yes, I'll redeem it. But when he realized uh, uh, the extra things that were involved, he said, no, 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 this will alter my own inheritance. You know what? You can't spread your money too thin. And he realized that that's going to position me in a weak financial situation. I don't want to do it. So you go ahead and take it. Boaz said, I'll be glad to. I'll be glad to. So you have to be willing to walk away from it. Number four, I love this one. Boaz was a man who got things done. Listen to what Naomi told Ruth concerning the character of Boaz. May this be a huge part a huge part of your character identification as well. Ruth chapter 3, verse 18. Then she said, this is Naomi speaking to Ruth as a wise counselor. Sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man, referring to Boaz, will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. Boaz was a man who got Things done. Please, my brothers and sisters, don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Get it done. Be like Boaz. Even Naomi recognized that about him. She said, the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. Take care of your business. Take care of your business. Get your work done. Do you have a book to write? Write the book! As a published author, I have many people tell me, Pastor Stephen, I'm working on a book. I'm working on a book. But months go by, years go by. I see them two years later, and they're still working on the same book. Four years go by, and they're still working on the manuscript. I'm like, how long is your manuscript? Are you writing an encyclopedia? Oh, no, Pastor Stephen, I'm still working on the same book manuscript. Finish the book! Take care! Of Your business. Get stuff done. Set deadlines. Set dates. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I had one person that was very excited about their book. And they even had a cover design already completed. See, but, but that's cart before the horse. The cover design, that's the fun stuff. That's the icing on the cake. You design the cover after you've written the content. So this person showed me their cover design, and it's been 10 years now, and they still haven't finished the book. Wow. Write the book. Write, write, write. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Stephen, you finished six books now. What are you doing now? I'm on number seven. I've already started writing. Praise the Lord. Get your work done. When you're praying early in the morning, when you're praying at night, always have a notepad and a pen. That's what I do. That way when I'm being spiritual and I'm, and I'm praying and spending time with the Lord, but a little idea pops into my mind, I don't want to try to remember that idea for another 40 minutes. I just take my pen, I write it down. That way I can release that idea and focus more clearly on the Lord. That way, after my prayer time, my devotional time is completed, I get up and I go do that little thing that I wrote down, which is something that needs to get done that day. Woo, hallelujah. Write it down or you might forget it. Mm, 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 mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. The man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. Say, Pastor Stephen, I'm going to get my stuff done. Clean out the garage. Oh, no, not in the year 2027. Clean it out now. Vacuum the car. Do the dishes. Do the dirty laundry that's been laying there for three weeks. Get it done now. Hallelujah. Trim your fingernails. Cut your hair now. Glory to God. Finish the work assignment. Finish the homework now. And then go rest. Woo! Hallelujah. Number five. Number five. Identification attached with Boaz. An identification, a character quality that contributed to his great wealth was that he left a natural and a spiritual legacy. Proverbs thirteen twenty two, A righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Praise the Lord. I've preached funerals before, and I've watched the in-laws stand over to the side after the funeral has been completed, after the coffin lid has been closed, the relatives go over to the side, and they're not not—they're not praying. They're not talking about the blessed life that sister or brother so-and-so lived. No, they're talking about who's going to pay the bill brother so-and-so lived his life out and died, and we don't even know who's going to pay for the funeral bill, who's going to pay for the tombstone. Woo! But see, a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children and even his grandchildren. Boaz left the natural legacy, and Boaz left the spiritual legacy, and by the grace of God, you're going to do both of these in your life as well. You're going to have savings left over so that when it's time for you to check out and go to your reward, there's going to be some rewards passed out to the children. There's going to be something for the grandchildren. And I'm not talking about Brock's hard candy. Mm -mm 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 -mm. There's going to be some money. Why? You're going to be like Boaz, a person who was a mighty man of wealth, a man A woman empowered by God financially. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They're going to be sad to see you go, but they're going to be happy also because they're going to know that you left something for them, and they're going to want to be hearing the reading of the will. Say, yes, that will be my testimony. He also left a very, very powerful spiritual legacy that he and his wife Ruth both contributed to. Ruth, chapter 4, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel. Wow. How about that for a blessing? Verse 17. And also the neighbor, the neighbor women gave him a name saying, there is a son born to Naomi. Now the son was actually born to Ruth, but they're referring that to Naomi because she's going to be the nurse that's going to take care of this baby. There is a son born to Naomi and they call this name Obed. He is the father of Jesse the father of David. So through the lineage of Boaz and Ruth, you now have David eventually coming down that line. And not only that, but you're talking about a beautiful spiritual legacy in which even Jesus, the Messiah himself, was born through that same Davidic line, that line coming out of Boaz and Ruth. He left a natural and a spiritual legacy. The spiritual legacy far outweighs the natural legacy. But I believe by the grace of God, you will have the duplicate. You will have both. You will be able to leave an inheritance to your children and your grandchildren, and you will also leave behind a spiritual legacy. And your children will say, Mom had a great walk with God. Dad was a real man of prayer. And your grandchildren will even be able to hear about your life. And they'll say that grandmother was a great woman of prayer. Grandfather really read his Bible every day. Praise God. So, my friends, you put these five together. And I believe that they can be platforms, pillars that will support great wealth in your life. Let's go over them again very quickly. Number 1, Boaz had his own business. Many of you need to pray about that. Number 2, he put spiritual things above money. Number 3, he was willing to walk away from something that did not line up according to God's way of doing it. Number 4, he got things done. I really feel That's a big one for many of you. You've got too many fires. You've got too many things cooking and too many fires. And you need to to stay focused on what God has called you to do. Simplify your life and then just get it done. Get it done. Get it done. Praise God. Number five, he left a natural and a spiritual legacy. Lift your hands right now. Father, I pray for those that are watching that these same biblical qualities and traits that were found in the life of Boaz, may they be found in the lives of your people, and may great wealth flow. May great wealth flow in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of you are going to be able to buy vehicles for others. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say yes. Come on, say yes. There's going to be others. You're going to be able to just take people into the, uh, the, into the mall, into the department store, and say, look, I'll hang out with you for an hour. Get whatever you want. you got a, you got a $2,000 limit. I'll pay for it. Just go shop. Get yourself new clothes. You and your – bring your kids, get new shoes. I'm buying all new school clothes for your kids. Just go. Have fun. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get a pizza down at the food court. I'll see you in an hour. Shop till you drop, and you'll be able to cover and pay for the whole thing. Others, you'll be so blessed, you'll be able to bring people on tours to Israel. You'll say, I'm going to Israel with Pastor Stephen and Kelly, and I'm I'm going, and I'm going to pay your way to come along and enjoy this tour because God has blessed me, and I want to be a blessing in your life. Hallelujah. So many things that you can do when God is blessing you financially. Father, bless your people with these five characteristics qualities and traits, that it be strong in your people today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I want us to take communion so that we can lock in the Word of God, so that the seed of the Word will not be stolen by the birds of prey, but that this seed will produce a harvest of righteousness and financial prosperity in your life, all for the glory of God. I would like to read a verse to you now from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5. Glory to God. A Boaz anointing of strength, financial strength and integrity coming on your life. I release the Boaz angel over your life. I release the thousands and thousands of angels that work beneath the Boaz angel go and minister for the children of God and cause their prosperity to come forth in the name of Jesus Christ Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says I will never leave you nor forsake you we find it here in the New Testament this is actually a quote from Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 When Moses spoke to the children of Israel as he was getting near to his departure, and also you find the same statement made in Joshua 1, verse 5, when God told Joshua, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and God says to you that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Please grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. Father, we consecrate it. We bless it. This is now set apart. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Come on, take communion with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whenever you take communion, the Lord is there. He will never leave you nor forsake you. By faith, the Lord's there, even if you cannot discern the presence in the sense where there's no feelings or tangible anointing, but He's still there. There are other times when you can discern the manifested presence because He's there in a way that's so strong, you sense it very, very clearly. My friends, every time you take communion, He is in the communion. He's always present. He's here in the form of what we see as bread and grape juice, but He's actually here now In the form of his flesh and his blood. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the the body, the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ. That as we receive it now, as we receive it now, we receive Christ, our Savior. Oh God, we give you praise that Jesus is always with us leading us, guiding us, instructing us along the narrow way and helping us to prosper like so many of the great biblical characters did. We thank you we receive his body now, his sacred body. We receive him now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the body of Christ. that door, that sand will travel through. Praise the Lord. My friends, let's take now the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Glory. Glory to God. We thank you, O God, for forgiveness of sins, cleansing, wholeness, and purity through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Your destiny shall be fulfilled. Every facet, Every measure of what God has called you to do, I prophesy over your life, it shall come to pass. Let us now receive the holy blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise the Lord. My friends, God has His eye on you. He's got your prosperity mapped out and planned. Follow Him. Follow those five characteristics of Boaz and may God's prosperity with His mighty angels working alongside of you take you to a new level into a financial stratosphere where you become a mighty person of wealth. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. God bless you. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.